0: Hey there, future fans! This week, the episode almost didn't happen, but to be honest, you weren't really missing much. This is the week of June 4th, 2021, and you are listening to episode 204 of Future Flicks with Billiam. That's right, everyone. Episode 204, the actual 204, not 203.3. 204. It happened. I uh, guess the episode almost didn't happen because some weird shit went down. Uh, I think uh, what I think happened is there's this little basket under my desk that my cats like to sit on. And one of them had a hairball this morning. And I'm thinking my whole setup got unplugged. And then when I was plugging it back in and making sure all the settings were right, something happened. So then the soundboard was no longer talking to the computer. Is this big back and forth. And as you can tell, it's fixed now. So yay, yay for podcasting. Yay for Future Flicks with Billiam. Yay for you if you listen to the show. Well, we have a interesting show because the movies kind of suck this week. Uh, there is something i do want to watch there's something i'm excited for but the rest of the movies don't quite cut it but there is some interesting stories and some interesting trailers so we will be talking about that but before i do let me tell you what it is you're listening to welcome and you are listening to future flicks with billiam this is a show where i talk about all of the movies that are coming out during the week i break them up into categories And those categories are limited releases. Those are any non-nationwide release, which I didn't find interesting. And then wide releases and interesting indies. Like it sounds like every nationwide release and any big straight to streaming thing like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, stuff like that. As well as the indie films that did catch my eye. I don't get any new insight into anything before you guys. I don't get any previews for movies because I'm not that big. I base all of my thoughts on the trailers. And let's be honest, that's how movies have to sell themselves to us. But before we talk about the movies, we talk about new movie news and new movie trailers. And so let us jump right into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. All right, this first story comes to us from the playlist. Sony exec says their Spider-Verse crossover plan will be revealed after Spider-Man No Way Home. This announcement came hot on the heels of the news that you probably heard about, and I'm not going to go more into because I'll mention it here, that it has been reported that Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin will be the main bad guy, and he will be leading a Sinister Six. So I'm going to be honest, I don't quite know what is up, and I don't think a lot of people know what is up, because there's a lot of rumors flying around, and there's a lot of confirmations that we know, but also what we think we know about the things that we know, we may not really know, you know? So we know Tom Holland, Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, Uh, we know that Jacob Batalone, and uh, we also know Benedict Cumberbatch will be in the movie, J.K. Simmons is... reportedly reprising his role as j jonah jameson we know that jamie fox and alfred molina will be in the movie though the question is are they actually going to play their previous versions of the character will jamie fox be playing the electro from the andrew garfield spider-man movies will alfred molina be reprising his role as dr octopus from the toby Maguire movies it is believed because you've heard that that announcement that dr otto octavius will be coming hot off his supposed death at the end of Spider-Man 2. That's how it'll be popping up into this. But we still don't know. Every time we think we know something about Spider-Man No Way Home, it changes. Like, if you look now, you don't see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire on the IMDb page. And that doesn't mean they're not going to be in it. So that could have been just some early, early, early wishing from nerds wishing that they would be in the film. Or it could actually be happening, and it's been hidden or trying to be hidden by the people behind the film. So, what is actually happening? We're not quite sure. The official premise on IMDb is a continuation of Spider Man Far From Home. But we do know that we are getting more movies from the Spider Man universe. We know that we're getting another Venom movie with Carnage, we know we're getting a Craven movie. Craven the Hunter movie, that is. We know that we are getting a Morbius movie. All of those are Spider-Man characters. All I know is when that this film finally comes out, we're either going to be really stoked or really disappointed. Next up, director Buddy Van Horn. Well, actually, he's, an, he's done more acting and stunt coordinating than anything else, but you would know some of his movies he's directed. He's di- directed three movies, Any Which Way You Can, The Deadpool, and Pink Cadillac. That's right, three famous Clint Eastwood movies. He passed away at the age of 92 in L.A. Actress Romy Windsor, formerly Romy Walthall, passed away at the age of 57. She was in movies like Face Off, Howling 4, and Camp Nowhere. This next story comes to us from Slash Film, a computer animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot. Welcome to theaters, summer 2023. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to hold my breath beside the fact that this is being done by Point Grey Pictures, which is the company run by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and James Weaver. And that Seth Rogen announced this by tweeting a, uh, a piece of binder paper with a bunch of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff on it. So I trust Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg to respect the original Turtles. After... We got the last Turtles movie that came out, and they were horrible, truly awful. I am not going to hold my breath until we start seeing some, some trailers. My friends, June 8th is Ghostbusters Day, and by celebrating, the people behind Ghostbusters Afterlife are not releasing the f-ing film until November, you motherfuckers! Anyway, they say that they're going to invite us to join the cast and filmmakers of Ghostbusters Afterlife live on Twitter spaces, hosted by IGN. And no, I'm going to skip that shit, and I'm just going to wait for Ghostbusters Afterlife, you motherfuckers. All right? Uh, That was also by Slash Film. My friends, last week's A Quiet Place Part 2, Electric Boogaloo, smashes pandemic-era records with a $57 million debut. So says Variety. Uh, That's right, this is the biggest release for a film since COVID started, because normally a $57 million debut would be f***ing laughable for a film like A Quiet Place Part 2. But seeing as we're just coming out of a pandemic, kind of coming in out of a pandemic, that's pretty damn good. My friends, this next story comes to us from republicworld.com. Reportedly, Henry Cavill has given an ultimatum to Warner Brothers regarding his role as Superman. As we know, on his birthday, Warner Brothers showed what huge, huge dicks they were and introduced the new Superman movie on Henry Cavill's birthday. So I like the fact we're getting a black Superman. I like that. I love the fact that it's being written by ta Coates. I love the fact that J.J. Abrams is stepping down as director so a director of color can step up and direct it. I love, I love all of this. They release this information on Henry Cavill's birthday, which shows me that Warner Brothers can suck the biggest of dicks. Well, anyway, supposedly he gave Warner Brothers an ultimatum saying it's now or never. But here's the thing. We know that Henry Cavill was under contract with Warner Brothers, but we don't know what that contract is. We we don't know anything about it. We don't know how long he's under contract. All we do know is that he has not been utilized since 2017. I mean, true, we had the Snyder Cut come out, but let's be honest, Warner Brothers hasn't done shit with him since 2017. And... We can have both. We can have this Black Superman movie, which I'm really looking forward to. And we can have another Henry Cavill Superman movie, because Henry Cavill is a dope Superman. All right, my future friends, this next story comes to us from Inverse. Uh, my During my Spider-Man No Way Home story, you may have heard me mention that there's a Craven the Hunter movie being made. Well, I kind of got my stories in the wrong order, because here's where I announced that. Inverse uh, has announced that a Craven the Hunter movie is being made by Sony, with Aaron Taylor Johnson set to play the iconic character, the iconic villain for Spider-Man. Apparently, there are other actors like Keanu Reeves, Adam Driver, and John David Washington, as well as Brad Pitt, up for the role. But uh, when people behind this movie saw Aaron Taylor Johnson in Bullet Train, a film uh, that hasn't been released of his yet, apparently they said, that's our Craven, and they went with him. So we know that aaron taylor johnson has already been in a comic book movie a couple times uh, the last time we saw him we saw him as quicksilver the great shield for hawkeye and now he's playing craven uh, i'll be honest i would have liked to have seen adam driver or john david washington uh, mainly because i think i'm low-key in love with both of them but this is fine too no tentative release date or anything else revealed about the movie My friends, this next story comes to us from IGN. We know that director Scott Derrickson has stepped away from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He was the writer and director of the first Doctor Strange film. We know that Sam Raimi has stepped up to helm Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This, of course, is old news. But what we do know is that apparently Scott Derrickson stepped away due to creative differences. He had a vision that he was really passionate about for the for the series Marvel was very stuck in what they wanted, and so they parted ways, though it is allowing Scott Derrickson to pursue another movie, which is going to be The Black Phone, which is a movie based on a Joe Hill book or comic or something like that. Basically, Stephen King's son wrote something, and now it's being turned into a movie by Scott Derrickson. And I'm torn. I am torn because we have Walt Disney sticking to their guns, Marvel sticking to their guns, but... Marvel has done a good job so far. Marvel has done a really, really good job so far. So good that they make Warner Brothers look like fucking assholes. But some real magic can happen when you let a director's vision come through. I would like to know what his vision was. I just hope we don't hear anyone asking for the Derrickson cut. My future friends, we have a quick story from NME. Did you know that Zack Snyder had a backup for Batman if Ben Affleck rejected the role? Yes, that backup Matthias Schoenartz. Matthias Schoenartz from movies like Red Sparrow, The Danish Girl, and Rust and Bone. Uh, I- I'm glad it was um Ben Affleck. Because I like Matthias Schoenartz, but Ben Affleck was pretty damn good. This next story comes to us from IGN again. A Joker 2 is in the works, and supposedly it's going to be written by the original director. That's director Todd Phillips. So it seems like Todd Phillips is going to, so far, set to write the sequel. Uh, will he direct it too? maybe but we'll see more sad news my friend this from the website best life school of rock star kevin clark passed away at the age of 32 you would know him as freddie jones from school of rock Uh, that was really the that's his only uh movie but what a great film what a truly great film to be part of he died at the age of 32 after getting hit by a car while riding his bike and my future friends Two more stories left. I'm not sure if I talked about this one before, that Zack Snyder was set to do a Star Wars film. Uh, He said it was going to be a samurai-inspired Star Wars film. Uh, This story comes to us from NME, by the way. But apparently, this film is moving forward, but without the Star Wars name. So Zack Snyder is planning a samurai-inspired sci-fi film, but it's no longer in the Star Wars universe. And um, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Just more sci-fi. Yeah. And in our final story, this by Gizmodo, apparently Mark Wahlberg and director Anton Fuqua were blindsided by the Paramount Plus news that they were going to release their upcoming movie Infinite as an exclusive on Paramount Plus. Of course, Paramount Plus, you may remember, is the streaming service that merged with CBS All Access because no one gave a flying about CBS All Access. Well, now this movie, directed by famed Director Anton Fuqua, starring Mark Wahlberg, Dylan O'Brien, Jason Manzoukas, uh, Let's see, Chuytel 4, Toby Jones. Uh, that's not a bad cast. Anyway, it's a sci-fi thriller, and it's going to be released directly to Paramount Plus. And no one had any clue. They all found out about it after it was announced. But it just shows with streaming becoming more and more popular, and especially during COVID streaming becoming the norm, more people behind movies are having problems with them going straight to streaming. And there are many good reasons for this. There are many, many good reasons why they would have trouble or why they would have an issue with movies going straight to streaming. A, money, uh, because, yeah, they don't make as much money, go- because yeah, they don't make as much money going straight to streaming. B, if they don't make a lot of money, maybe they're not going to get a sequel if they're a franchise see sometimes the movies were made to be on the big screen and a lot of people at home you know what don't have a movie theater in their house weird right i have one i don't true some people are just snobs but there is a good call and a good case for why we need theater still but the fact that this is going to be exclusive to paramount plus means infinite will not get any theater time and uh that's pretty shitty all right, my future friends, it is time for our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast Network, the whole network, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Yes, shorter episode this week, so I'm cramming, uh, I'm cramming ads together. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews. Bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey,
1: nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing doing fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and
0: anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because
1: we're we're doing fine. fine.
0: All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It is time for everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer troll. All right, well, let's start with our first trailer, which is for Edgar Wright's new movie called Last Night in Soho. Edgar Wright, if you don't remember, director of such classics like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Shaun of the Dead, Baby Driver, The World's End, Hot Fuzz, a great director, and this is his first horror, horror thriller, mystery. It says this is about a young girl passionate about fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. This stars Anya Taylor-Joy, Thomasin McKenzie, and Matt Smith. This has a release date of October 22nd this year, and it, it looks okay. It's really not what you expect from Edgar Wright, especially looking at his other movies, but I am more than willing to give this a chance. Next up in the trove, we have a trailer for that Amazon original movie you all probably heard about called The Tomorrow War. This is an Amazon original film and it's original action sci-fi idea starring Chris Pat, Yvonne Strahovski, J.K. Simmons, Sam Richardson, Betty Gilpin. And it looks pretty damn entertaining. This is about a family man a veteran who is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past. Basically, in the future, we're getting our asses rocked by some alien presence or something from deep inside the earth. Something, something that's not human is just wiping the shit out of us. So they decided to go back into the past because that's not going to make some timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly bullshit go on. But this follows Chris Pratt as he fights in that future war. This comes straight to Amazon Prime, if I haven't said that enough, on July 2nd. So, definitely keep an eye out for this one. I will be talking about it on the show, of course. But come on. A, a movie that looks really interesting and really unique. A unique-ish. Edge Tomorrow is kind of similar. But one of these movies coming straight to a streaming service a lot of us already have. That's pretty dope. My friends, next up in the trove, we have a trailer for that film we were talking about in the news called Infinite comes out june 10th guess what straight to paramount plus who saw that coming directed by anton fuqua starring mark Wahlberg. Uh, you know what i've been over this in the news but it doesn't look that bad so it doesn't seem like it got the full theater treatment because some of the cg in the trailer looked very very spotty and it gives me the feeling that they kind of blew their load when it comes to money on getting a cast and stuff that took place during production. So it seems that maybe they started cutting corners post-production because some of the CG was bad. I do see what was probably practical effects, which could save a lot of money. But my biggest concern is the fact that this seems like it could have been a series. It could have been the beginning of a series and instead going straight to Paramount Plus, Hopefully. What I'm thinking is that the people behind Paramount Plus are hoping maybe if they start putting original movies on there with names behind it, that maybe people will start getting their service. Uh, I don't see I really don't see it working for them. If you're a big enough Trekkie like I'm not really a big enough Trekkie because I never got Paramount Plus or CBS All Access. But if you're big enough Trekkie, you're going to get you're going to get it because there's a lot of star trek content coming to paramount plus but is this the first sign that they're trying to be a more prominent player maybe but they have a lot of catching up to do infinite still looks good and you should do what i'm doing and find someone who you know who has paramount plus and just borrow it from them to check this out for free on june 10th all right my friends next up we have another trailer for m night Shyamalan's next movie old This is a movie based on the graphic novel Sandcastle by Pierre Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters, I think. And this is coming out July 23rd. And this trailer just showed us more of what we've seen before, which is kind of what a good trailer does. It makes you think you've seen a lot more when they really only introduced a couple more scenes. So this is a good second trailer. Is it a good movie? Maybe it looks like it. We know M. Night Shyamalan is really hit or miss. Some of his movies really Strike a chord and people really love it. Uh, his other films are Avatar, The Last Airbender, and uh, this does have an interesting cast. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie, Embeth Beth Davids, gaya Garcia Barnal, uh, Vicky Kripes. It's a pretty good cast. If you don't know what the movie is about yet, it's about a group of people who find this hidden beach on this island somewhere and they think it's a secluded beach, but oh, guess what? There's some other people there. But then they start noticing things are, are really weird. The six-year-old girl uh, disappears for a little bit, comes up back, and is a teenager. Everyone is starting to age really, really fast. When they try to leave the beach, because, hey, if you're on a beach, and it seems like it's killing you, maybe leave the beach. Good idea, right? They had that idea. They can't actually leave. This movie looks interesting. It's coming out in theaters July 23rd. And next up, speaking of trailers that do it right... The second trailer for Jungle Cruise came out. That's the Disney movie based on The Ride, starring Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Jesse Plemons, Paul Giamatti, Jack Whitehall, Edgar Ramirez, a pretty good cast right there. And, and it's about a woman named Lily Houghton who enlists the help of Frank, a riverboat captain, to take her upriver to find a uh, to find this special plant that could help cure a lot of sicknesses and stuff and along the way they run to a lot of trouble and uh yeah it looks very entertaining i'm a huge jesse Plemons fan as well as a huge fan of emily blunt and dwayne johnson so this is going to be a good movie to watch typical disney adventure movie you know exactly what you're signing up for when you watch it all right next up we have another trailer for the hitman's wife's bodyguard and uh yeah more of the same i feel like a broken record right now just more of the same it looks awesome more of what we saw in the first one and this trailer shows us a couple new scenes and splices in old ones in different orders and it just makes it look god i want to see this so bad another dumb action comedy that's just going to be so much entertainment great cast ryan reynolds salma hayek samuel jackson morgan freeman antonia banderas frank grillo that's that's all you need in a movie right there june 6th is when it comes out with early access uh let's see apparently you can get early access for june 11th or 12th showings and this is coming to imax as well all right well a lot of trailers this week which is good because not a lot of movies escape room tournament of champions is the next film yes this is the sequel to the original escape room and we have taylor russell and logan miller returning from the first film And in this film, we know that since they survived the first movie, they are looking to find out who the people behind it are and punish them. Well, it turns out that they get trapped in another escape room game with former winners. So, a tournament of champions of sorts. So, if you liked the first one or you liked Saw-like horror movies, then check this one out. comes out July 16th. Three more trailers, my friends. The next trailer is for a movie we've talked about before werewolves within this is a apparently a feature adaptation of a video game where at where werewolves attack a small town i did not know it was a video game movie i should have known though because ubisoft uh one of my least favorite video game companies uh, is one of the companies behind the film so that should have been a dead giveaway but this is a comedy horror coming out in july on july 2nd starring sam richardson uh Milana Vaitrub, I think who I guess she's famous what, okay what's she been in let's just look you would know her from oh she she's from the AT&T commercials she's a Lily from AT&T okay it's sad that I know her from that instead of TV shows like this is us um I love you America and just a, lo- a lot of other things she was in apparently but this looks like a pretty good film we have this small town middle of nowhere. All of the generators are destroyed. A snowstorm comes in so that no one can get away and people start dying. And it seems like werewolves. I'm actually excited for this, even though it's a movie based on a video game. And here's why I'm a little more okay with it, because it's not some giant series like Resident Evil or Prince of Persia or if they ever made a Mass Effect movie, because I've never heard of this game. I can't imagine that it's, it was a very big or a big series or anything. And So I can go into this with no expectations and it already looks funny. It looks like it doesn't take itself too seriously. It just looks like a fun film. And next up, we have to talk about Gunpowder Milkshake. I am very, very, very excited for this. This trailer looked so good. So it's a kind of a familiar idea. So we have this assassin who on a mission finds this little girl that some group has kidnapped. And she re- she decides she can't let this little girl just go with those guys. So she goes back, kills them, kidnaps a girl. Well, her organization is like, oh, hey, you shouldn't have done that. Um, we're not going to protect you anymore. And these other guys are going to come kill you. So that sucks. This assassin is played by Karen Gillen, you know, from Doctor Who, from the Marvel movies playing Nebula. And she turns to a few people. She turns to her mother, who is also a assassin. She turns to the women who work at this for this like kind of queue in James Bond like shop she'd go to to get weapons and stuff. So this uh, has a cast of Karen Gillan, Carla Gugino, Lena Headey, Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh, and Paul Giamatti. And the little girl is Chloe Coleman from movies like My Spy and Big Little Lies. And this looks so good. This looks like if, kind of like if John Wick and Hot Fuzz had a really, really interesting looking baby. I am very excited. I laughed during the trailer and I got very, very happy watching it. It made me happy watching this trailer, this action adventure comedy uh, uh, kind of thing. And the good news is it's very girl power because it is about these women assassins fighting again, fighting against this group of men who are trying to kill them. I cannot wait for this to come out on July 14th, my damn birthday, that's right. This is coming out on my birthday and I'm gonna find a way to watch it, even if it's in theaters or on streaming. And the last trailer we have to talk about, we're not gonna talk about long because it's about a movie we're gonna talk about later. And here, here's the thing, here's why I even bring it up. I recorded the movie section of this episode first. I talked about the movies first and I'm recording this after So when I was talking about The Conjuring, The Devil Within, which is coming out this week, I mentioned that my biggest gripe was that none of the trailers looked any good, that it is 100% based off my love of the series that I'm going to see this movie. Well, I should have done this episode in proper order because the trailer that just dropped like a couple days ago for The Conjuring, The Devil Within looks really good this is the trailer they should have led with this is the trailer that made me go yes this is a conjuring movie this is going to be just as scary as the others and i'm looking forward to it because the trailers before made me go eh. so yes when i talk about this film later in the show you're going to hear me say that oh the trailer sucked i'm not excited i'm excited now so, my future friends, that is it for the Trailer Trove. Let's take our final break as we hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. And we'll be right back with the movies.
1: Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach wall-to-wall filthy fucking language
0: go to a grocery store i'm like i know exactly what i need i get in there I'm like yeah, <laughs> the yeah did i even come here for
1: with our charity swear jar every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction
0: the motherfucker's a mouth breather
1: gaming movies life musings it's all here served on a bed of socks and garnished with a crown of shut the fuck up how the fuck did we get here fuck all that God, dear. Fuck a jelly bean so if you want to hear us do good things with bad words check out the watch your mouth podcast on i iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
0: All right, well, welcome back to the show. So like I said, we did the ads a little weird this week just because it is a very, very slow week for films, though I am very excited for one of the films. Uh, overall, it's not a great week, just a lot of very skippable stuff, so let's start, as always, with the limited release section, and one called Tove. This movie centers on the life of Tove Janssen, showing both her personal relationships and the creation of the popular Moomin books. Uh, this is a movie from Finland, uh, it's a Swedish-Finnish movie, and there's this review on IMDb that I saw that I think sums up my thoughts on it very well. This person said, I wish they could have found more subject matter to make a film about a great artist and author than to shove as many, quote, bohemian artists drinking, comma, quote, look at me, I'm dancing, and, quote, lesbian sex scenes into the film as possible. He says it, he or she says it gets unfortunately dull pretty quick. I I knew this film wasn't French, but it just gives me like artsy French vibes. That's the kind of feeling I got from it. So skip that. Next up, we have Undine. This is about Undine, who works as a historian, lecturing on Berlin's urban development. But when the man she loves leaves her, the ancient myth catches up with her. Undine has to kill the man who betrays her and return to the water. This is a French and German film. And yes, based off the old myth of the Undine, a water spirit who falls for a man, but is going to die if the man ever cheats on her. Next up, we have a. Documentary called Super Frenchy. This is limited and a video on demand. From humble beginnings to top extreme athlete in his field, Matthias Girard, I think, weighs his passion for skiing and base jumping against the grounding effects of raising a young family. So, you may have heard of this person, and he just does like base jumping and films it and stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess that's cool. There are people out there that do that, right? Every, every once in a while, we will see a story about some uh, famous YouTuber or vlogger or someone that fell to their death doing some stunt. And this person is one of those. He just puts a GoPro on his helmet and he, I don't know why you wear a helmet when you do shit like this, but you know, set an example for the kids, right? Skis off a cliff and then base jumps. So if you like shit like that, uh, this is for you. Next up, we have a video on demand movie called Edge of the World. The Adventures of Sir James Brooke, who defied the British Empire to rule a jungle kingdom in 1840s Borneo, embarked on a lifelong crusade to end piracy, slavery, and headhunting, and inspired movies Lord Jim and The Man Who Would Be King, as well as Apocalypse Now. This stars Jonathan Rhys-Myers from The Tudors, Dominic Monaghan from Lord of the Rings, Ralph Innocent from The Witch, and Hannah New from Black Sails. And I know this is supposed to be based on a true story. I, I get it. But it just has too much of a white colonial explorer with these uneducated savages kind of thing that just le- that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But again, hey, if any of you watch this film because you like Jonathan Rhys-Meyers or Don Monahan or it sounds interesting, let me know how it was. Next up, we have a documentary called All Light Everywhere. This is a limited release. No VOD here. A far ranging look at the biases and how we see things. Focusing on the use of police body cameras. Um, I I like the idea. I do. I I like the idea that we're going to discuss police distrust and police violence, especially in the world today. But this documentary looks like some artsy indie documentary director tried to do a film about a modern cultural and political issue and then just missed the mark. That's what it feels like to me. Two more films. We have one called Grace and Grit. This is a digital release. Treya and Ken Wilber's story of courage, transcendence, and eternal love as chronicled in the globally acclaimed book Grace and Grit. This stars Mina Savari from American Beauty, Stuart Townsend from The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Francis Fisher from Titanic, Nick Stahl from Sin City, and Mariel Hemingway from Manhattan. Look, I know these movies are made for someone. Uh, This is just another movie based on a true story about someone and who went through cancer with a loved one. And I know these movies are made for a certain person who needs that film, who needs to see this, who needs inspiration or needs to know it's going to be okay. And without sounding, without trying to sound too harsh, how many of these movies do we need? The weird thing is, I can understand why we need a bunch of books about these, because you you know, you know can get it from the library, borrow it from a friend, any of these, many, many different ways to read it, but do they all need to be made into movies? That That's my question. Like, what is special about this story that says, hey, make this one into a movie? All right, the final movie in the limited release section is one called Chasing Wonders. This is a coming-of-age story set across the lush wine country of both Australia and Spain, as a young man explores the nature of father-son relationships and the pathway towards understanding and forgiveness. This stars Edward James Olmos from Battlestar Galactica, Paz Vega from Sex and Lucia, Carmen Maura from Volver, Jessica Marias from Packed to the Rafters, and introducing Michael Crisafulli. Crisafulli, I think. Again, uh, just like... uh, What other movie was it? Edge of the World, I think... uh, Just like Edge of the World, this could have been something interesting, could have been something that... Might have been worth a watch, but the trailer just didn't do it. It just never got to the goddamn point, because if it wasn't for the IMDb synopsis, I would not have been able to tell you what the movie was about. And that's that's just a bad trailer right there. All right. So like I said before, or maybe I didn't say it before, because I'm recording this out of order. Let's get right into the wide releases and interesting indies. There are only three of them this week. That's right, not a great week, even though the main movie I'm very excited for. But let's start with the only indie that made it into this section. Under the Stadium Lights, this is a limited release and video-on-demand release. And this is based on the true story of the 2009 Abilene High School football team. This stars Milo Gibson from Hacksaw Ridge, Lawrence Fishburne from Mystic River, Carter Redwood from The Long Road Home, Abigail Hawk from Blue Bloods, and Glenn Morshauer from The Resident. And even though I like the look of this film, I had no idea it was a high school because these players on both like the, the main characters of the movie and the other teams they fight, it looks like college. It looks like they're a hell. What, what is right under the NFL? Like the the not quite pro league. They look like adults. This looks like if the the CW casting director went, OK, let's find some high schoolers to play to play football players. And they just get all these adults. But it doesn't look bad. So this movie, Under the Stadium Lights, is an example of how a trailer can do something different than, uh, what was the other one, than Grace and Grit. Because for Grace and Grit, I said that what makes this special, despite the fact that yes, it is unfortunately a true story, and I do really feel for the family in the movie, why, cha- why pick this book to be turned into a movie when we've seen a lot of movies like this before? both fiction and nonfiction. The trailer did nothing to tell me that it was going to be any different. And this movie, Under the Stadium Lights, is a movie that we've seen before in a few ways of a underdog team uh, who makes it to to the big time, basically, somewhere they've never been before. And they're kind of in over their head. We've seen this movie a million times. But here's the thing. This movie also dives a little bit into the lives of some of the players. And I don't know if this is fully accurate or if they if it's been fictionalized for the movie, but either way, it's interesting. and that is a difference that I needed to put this in the wide release section because we have these these students whose lives kind of suck, and football is their escape in a way. One of the students, one of the players, has to deal with a drug addicted family member, and the rest of the players have to deal with things like like poverty and abuse and just horrible living situations and this is their chance maybe not their chance to make it definitely make it out of their uh, out of their lives out of their current area It's not like they're gonna win this game and go, okay well, guess I'm not poor anymore oh guess my family members just kick the habit that's not how it works, but this is something to look forward to something they can do going look i can do this we are the underdogs this can represent my life so even though on the basic premise we can look at movies like remember the titans and we are marshall and go yes this is very much like this the trailer whether or not it's true but remember trailers are how studios sell movies to us the studio showed us how it's going to be different Okay, I just want to pause, because I, I just wanted to remember that I was thinking of the right movie, We Are Marshall, that that was the one based on a true story. So first of all, directed by Mick G. Second of all, starring Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Fox, Anthony Mackie, David Strathairn, Ian McShane, Kate Mara, and January Jones. That is an amazing cast. From the look of the trailer, it's not a coach-centered movie like... Uh, like Remember the Titans, like We Are Marshall, like Coach Carter, like the Ben Affleck basketball one. Uh, Let's be honest, Mighty Ducks was coach-centered as well. The coach, a huge part of it. But it doesn't look like it's like the coach's story. It's the whole team story, and that's what I really like about this. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to 100% skip this movie in theaters, and I'm not going to pay on VOD for it. But what I will do is keep an eye out for it because I would love to have this on my shelf next next to all of those other movies I mentioned. It seems like the, a great film to put in a movie day of films like it because it's not as big as We are Marshall, Remember the Titans, Coach Carter. It's not as big as those films. And so also if you have friends over, you can go, hey, let's watch let's have a theme day, but also check this out. You may not have heard of this one. So it would throw a little something new into the mix. Under the stadium lights looks good. Uh, It doesn't look great, it just looks like an enjoyable football film, but also the kind of film that even if you're not a sports fan, you can still enjoy, because it's not just about the sports, it's about the journey, it's about the people. Under the Stadium Lights, it gets a 7 out of 11. Alright friends, next up, we have an animated movie that's getting a nationwide release, and I know we've all been waiting for it. We've been asking ourselves, when is this sequel coming out? We've been waiting for this since 2002, one of the biggest animated movies ever. Oh my God. How could they have never made a sequel to this? Well, fear not, my friends, it is coming out. Fear not, my friends, the time is nigh. So we're going to talk about Spirit Untamed. Lucy Prescott's life is changed forever when she moves from her home in the city to a small frontier town and befriends a wild Mustang named Spirit. This features the voices of Isabella Merced, formerly Isabella Moner, Jake Gyllenhaal, McKenna Grace, Julianne Moore, Walton Goggins, Isaac Gonzalez, and Andre Brower. And uh, all joking aside, yeah, no, no one was waiting for this film. No one. Even if you were a big fan of 2002's Spirit, uh, what was the full title? Let's see. Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, or also known as just Spirit from DreamWorks Animation, and i'm assuming that's the same horse cuz otherwise that's a really weird sequel to make but the thing is really why like did they did, did they have a really great idea is there something amazing about this movie that the trailer didn't show us cuz the trailer showed us something that i would really believe was a straight to video film something that you would get at the dollar store like do you remember when disney tried to do those cars spin-offs uh planes and it just felt like this obvious cash grab and this movie that they didn't put any thought into to just try and make money off of that's what this feels like so even though we have an uh, interesting voice cast like I still don't get why we have some of them I like the idea that we have a half either Mexican American or Latin American character voiced by someone with Latin American heritage I like that part but are you telling me? That there were no voice actresses out there that could have done that. And Jake Gyllenhaal, like, what is he going to bring to this? McKenna Grace, Julianne Moore, uh, Isaac Gonzalez. Andre Brower, I get. I get Walton Goggins and Andre Brower because they have unique voices. But everyone else in this is just a name. It's just them getting someone famous so they can say, oh, look at our impressive cast. Yeah, we have Donnie Darko, folks. There we go. This movie looks one- hundred percent skippable like don't even give it a second thought the only people the only people i would recommend this to the only people i would recommend this to is if you have a young family and your children you introduce them to that movie from almost 20 years ago spirit and they love it then maybe get this for them because it doesn't look bad per se it just doesn't look very good but For a young child, I think it would be fine. For any adults, I would 100% skip this and watch anything else. This just seems like a poorly timed, poorly thought out, poorly presented, and unrequested sequel. No one asked for this, and you, DreamWorks, you have done nothing to show us that it's going to be worth our time. Spirit Untamed gets a 4 out of 11. All right, it's time for that pick of the week, and I think you know what that movie is based on the title of the episode. So the pick of the week is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. The Warrens investigate a murder that may be linked to a demonic possession. This stars Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga, and Shannon Cook from the original Conjuring movies, and, well, the first two. And this also stars Ryrie O'Connor, I think, from The Postcard Killings. Julian Hilliard from The Haunting of Hill House, John Noble from Fringe, and Keith Arthur Bolden from Black Lightning. So Shannon Kook, the, the guy I, I mentioned that was in the other Conjuring movies, he's one of their assistants. He's the Asian, and fun fact, I looked him up. Shannon Cook is a South African Chinese, so he's the son of a father of Chinese descent and a mother of South African descent. Then he moved to Canada. Yay, he's a virtual world traveler. Well, you would recognize him from the other films. And the kid from Haunting on Hill House, Julian Hillard, is young Luke. You would also know him if you saw WandaVision, because he's one of the kids. Uh, This kid has done a lot, and I I think he's really good. So yes, we have another Conjuring movie, and I am stoked for this. I I am really stoked. But here's the thing. I am stoked because I really liked the other Conjuring movies. The first Conjuring film is my favorite horror of all time. The Conjuring Two is was was a fantastic follow up. I like the Annabelle series, like except for the Nun. I like all the other movies in the Conjuring verse, but this one had terrible trailers. It just doesn't look good. And then instead of trying to release better trailers, they just released featurettes like about the real case, like the actual uh, the actual case with an interview with the wife, I guess, of the guy who was accused of murder, who was possessed. And then they had a bunch of behind-the-scenes featurettes, and that's not good enough. That's really not good enough. That's the shit you should do for the next Marvel movie. Like, the next thing is coming out, they release a couple trailers, and they do some uh, behind-the-scenes featurettes, and that would be interesting. But for this movie, they needed to focus more on the trailers to get our butts in the seats, especially post covid well not post covid because covid still a thing still be careful people please but especially now because i'm vaccinated my wife is vaccinated but that doesn't mean i just want to run out without a mask a i don't want to not wear a mask because i don't want people to think i'm an anti anti-masker anti-vaxxer so we're still in a very tense time right now and to get us into the theaters. Well, to at least get me into the theaters, it has to be a pretty big deal. I do want to see this. Maybe we will see it in theaters. But they're only getting my butt and my wife's butt maybe in the theater because we're already fans of the series. So they did nothing through the trailer to catch my interest. And the only reason I'm seeing this is because of my history with the franchise. I'm going to go into this film expecting it to be the weakest entry since The Nun. That's what I'm expecting. I love the cast. I love Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. I think they're fantastic as the as the Warrens. But what I'm expecting when I leave is my second or third to worst Conjuring-verse film. But you remember when the trailers came out, I talked about it like I loved it. And I did, because I'm excited for this film. But once again, say it with me, because of my love of the franchise. If this was a standalone movie, that had nothing to do with The Conjuring-verse, I would not be interested in this film whatsoever. This movie is riding the coattails of the better movies of the franchise, like The Conjuring, like Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Comes Home, The Conjuring 2. It's riding on those coattails. But it also has to deal with the fact that The Nun was a very disappointing movie, and The Curse of La Llorona was just kind of okay. If it wasn't for those two weaker movies, I, I would be a little more kind about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. But I just don't have the belief that this film is going to be as good as the others, even though I'm still going to see it, even though I'm still going to continue to love The Conjuring verse. I just don't have high hopes. I want this franchise to keep going. I wanted to keep going and going and going, even if Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga step down, even if they don't focus primarily on the Warrens anymore. Hell, maybe even if they recast the Warrens. Either way, I want this franchise to go on and on and on because they have a lot to work with. There's still cases that the Warrens did that they haven't even covered, whether you believe it or not. And there's just so much you can do with making shit up. Look at the first Annabelle movie. Actually, the, the three Annabelle movies, all of those were not based on any sort of true story. I'm going to support this movie no matter what. I am. If they make a none too, I'm going to support it because I want to support The Conjuring verse. I do. I really, really, really do. That still doesn't mean I can't appreciate the fact that they should have done a better job selling this movie. So what's this mean for you? What does this mean for you, my friends? This is the pick of the week, but it's the best looking film coming out. Uh, I would say that Under the Stadium Lights technically looks like a better film, but it's a limited and VOD release where this one is a nationwide release, so you have a better chance of seeing it. So that is very important when it comes to my pick of the week, Ease of Access. If it looked like a better film, like an outstanding film, that it easily would have overtaken The Conjuring. But what does this mean for you? This means, my friends, that I think, unless you're like me and a huge fan of the series, that you should skip this in theaters and wait till later wait for you to rent it on streaming wait to just straight up buy it when it goes on sale one day but wait and if i do end up seeing this in theaters i promise i will tell you if you should but thanks to a mix of my love of the franchise and a poor release of trailers the conjuring the devil made me do it gets a seven out of eleven All right, well, that's it for this episode, episode 204, Conjuring the Spirit. And I know I haven't been doing questions of the week recently, but instead of a question of the week, just tell me, what have you watched recently? Tell me what you've watched recently and what you think, because I do care about what you think. I want to know what my listeners have been watching. Uh, Have you watched something I recommended or talked about on the show? What did you think about it? Just always let me know. But for now, here's a closing housekeeping, and I love your faces. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast, share with your friends, that is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends. My dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.